if I get you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Great chapter. Great chapter here. Had a question for you guys. Do you ever feel hopeless in regards to your faith? You, you know, when, when a string of events, one after another, might be happening in your life, you know, uh, you, know where to, you know, God, are you still there? We all go through those times, one time or another. Or, or maybe, you know, you, you've made a, you know, you're, you're trying to make wise choices in life, but you, it just seems like it's kind of, you know, bad decision after bad decision. And, and you wonder, you know, if the Lord is willing once again to forgive you. You know, we've all been there, haven't we, at one time or another. The Apostle Peter might have easily felt that way as, as we kind of track through this, this section of Scripture here. You know, turning back the clock a bit, we, we know that Peter, what was he referred to as? The Rock. You know, Peter the Rock had, had risen here to a position of, of leadership around Jesus' followers. In fact, we're told in Matthew that Peter was given the keys to the kingdom. And I want to read this to you guys. It's Matthew 16, 18 through 19. And this is Jesus speaking. He says this. He says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so, you know, here it is, this guy that uh, has been given the keys of the kingdom, you know, uh, Peter the rock, you know, he had positioned himself as, as kind of a defender of the faith. I mean, he was a, definitely a church leader, you know, a, a, at that point. Remember um, when the Roman soldier, you know, they came into the garden to arrest Jesus and Peter pulls his sword out to play sword man and he starts slicing and dicing and then he cuts off Malchus's ear. So this guy had some passion, man. He was, he was, he had a, he had a, he had a, a, a place he was going, man. He really, he really was on fire in, in, in that arena. But unfortunately, what happened is Pete fell, uh, he felt the pressure of, of Jesus' trial, uh, his conviction, and his death, and, and, and he denied him three times. You know, who ever thought that you'd see that ever happen with, with, with Peter? You know, and I wonder what might have been going on through Peter's mind at that time. Here's, you know, leader in the church did something that, you know, he, he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm sure he says, what in the world did I do here? And I'm, I'm sure the scene that we see in the Gospel of Luke kept flashing through his mind. We see this in Luke 22. And you don't have to turn there, but I'll read it to you. Luke 22, 61, 62, it says this. It says, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, before the, the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept. It means wailed bitterly. And we've all seen, you know, the movies. Uh, I, I think, I don't remember if it was The Passion of Christ did this one, but remember the scene where Jesus is being uh, taken to be crucified and, 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 the, and, the, and the rooster crows and, 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 you know, third time Peter denies the Lord and they kind of lock eyes? It's very possible that's what happened here. You know what? And so what does Peter do? You know, uh, basically, you know, you wonder how he would feel that. You know, he, I'm sure he felt at the time that, you know, he'd disqualify himself from probably ever serving the Lord again, period. You know, he thought he was done. You know, after all, you know, we'd say today, three strikes, you're out, right? You're done. Three, three denials, boy, boy, you're done. You know, de denying the Lord once is, is a pretty big thing, but three times, that, that, that's over the top, really. So, you know, what happened is, is he just kind of dropped off the grid, kind of went away. But here in chapter 21, it's interesting that he resurfaces and he comes back into the picture. And, and I want to read here uh, through chapter 21. Uh, we're going to start off with verses 1 to 14, and we're really going to spend most of our time tonight in 15 and on, but this just kind of sets the scene, so I want to go ahead and read this. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and read this together. John 21, verse 1 says this. It says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, 
I'm going fishing. And then they said to him, well, we'll go with you also. Then they went out and immediately got in the boat. Uh, that night, and they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, uh, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus says to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were uh, able. It says, so they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, "It's it's the Lord." And when Peter and when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, uh, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, uh, for they were uh, not far off from the land, about two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come in the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus says to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Now this was this now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Love this section here. Verse 3, Peter says, I'm going fishing. And the other disciple says, well, we'll just go with you. You know, Peter's thought at this time, you know, could have been something like this. You know, Jesus is gone. You know, the disciple thing seems to be over, and so let's just go back to the old life. That's kind of what's going on here. And, and, you know, sometimes the enemy can deceive us so much that we forget the emptiness of operating in the old ways of the flesh. And you guys know what I mean. You know, we, we talk about the good old days. And, and you know, it's interesting. Today there's a, a guy I, I disciple off-site off on, on, um, on Wednesdays, and we were, we were talking about this today and how, you know, sometimes in our life, you know, we'll, we'll be thinking about the old days and, 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 and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get caught in this trap about, you know, is... is, is you know, ugly as those times were at times, it's always those couple things that were maybe a little enjoyable for a season. The enemy kind of puts us on. And, and this particular case is this brother, you know, had been in a situation where he had left his family, got together with another lady, was engaged to marry her. And he said, I was having a blast with her. But he says he realizes now that he's saved, he says, I was in sin. So the fun I was having was not real fun. It was a ripoff from the enemy. So it's kind of like he's going back in the old days of, 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 of his life and realizing that, you know, it wasn't anything good. So, you know, that, that's kind of what's going on here. The result of their all-night fishing adventure, obviously here, what happens? They, they produce no fish at all. And what a great minder for us today, huh? It says, when, when we go back to the old ways of life and the old stuff, guess what happens? You catch nothing, do you? There's nothing to catch. You know, yet in the, in the lesson learned is what? Don't go back. Don't go back to that stuff. You know, it, it's always that, that little luring thing that wants to take us back into those ways of the world, ways, ways that, that uh, you know, were, were ways of the flesh. And so we have Jesus there from the shores. He, he says, children, you know, have you any food? And I was kind of thinking about that. And, and I would think today in today's vernacular, how would Jesus you know, uh, ask that question to them? And I wonder if he would say something like this. He says, hey, boys, how's that night fishing trip doing for you? You know, here are they out there fishing. And these guys are you know, commercial fisher guys. They're used to catching fish. So they're out there all night long. And, and, and obviously, you know, they haven't caught anything. So they, they reply, oh, not so good, you know, not knowing at the time that it was Jesus. And you guys know the story here. And so what he, what, what he asks them to do is they cast the net. He says, cast the net on the other side of the boat, and, and you'll find some fish. 
And so, you know, they cast the net on the other side of the boat. Guess what happens? Man, they make the mother haul. They, they load that net right up. And, and, you know, obviously here in the story, you know, this has nothing to do with fishing on one side of the boat or the other. That's not the point here. In fact, you know, as I thought about this, um, are any of you guys here fishermen? And if any of you guys are? Well, you know what, we've, we've done things, and some of you guys back there, we uh, uh, at the church here have done some church fishing trips um, out of Oceanside Harbor on the cattle boat over there. And I've been on you know, a cattle boat umpteen times too, but you know, I was thinking about um, you know, those times going out of Oceanside Harbor, and it always seems like, you know, as they load in the boat, you guys know the way that works. they got the little numbers on the rails, and you always say, where am I going to go on the boat, man? Where's the fish going to be? And, and I don't care what number I ever pick, it's always the wrong one, man. Wherever I'm at, I'm there. i got my line in the water. I don't care where it is. And all of a sudden, I hear on the other side of the boat, hook up, you know, hook up. You guys that are fishermen know what I mean. You know, when they catch a fish, they hook it up, and they're reeling them. Here I am on the other side of the boat, and all I'm doing is chumming. There's nothing happening. And so I'm over there, and I'm thinking, wait, they're just like five feet away from me on the other side of the boat, and your lines are probably all tangled underneath anyway. And I'm thinking, why aren't I catching anything? And so, you know, you think, okay, well, I'm going to go back over to the other side. I'm squeeze my way on the rail, get in there, get my line down there. And guess what? Then I hear a hookup on the other side of the boat. It's wherever I go, there's nothing catching. But, but the point is, 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 you know, it's not what side of your boat. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the, the issue here isn't really, you know, the right or the left side of the boat. It's this. If you're going to walk in the flesh or you're going to walk in the spirit. And that's the whole story that, 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 that's happening right here. The problem here is Peter was walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. Pretty sad. You know, the rock, guess what? The rock didn't even recognize Jesus. I mean, this is the rock. This is the main dude. You know, back then he didn't recognize the Lord. And it's, and it's thought that, you know, was Jesus' body, you know, just, just pulverized from, from the crucifixion? I don't know what it was. But, but the point is, the only one which we see in verse 7 that told that recognized Jesus was who? It was John. Really? You know, he's the one that recognized Jesus. And in typical Peter fashion, you know, Peter takes his, his, his jacket off there, jumps out of the boat, swims ashore, and you know, grabs that net of fish and, and, and drags, it, drags it up there you know, after the boat gets to the land and all. And, and, and I love what happens here. It says Jesus invites them to bring some fish and to come join him. But I love it. I really never caught this before, that, that this wasn't just any breakfast, man. You know, Jesus had provided the fish and the bread on the barbie already. Think about that. I never caught that. I thought, you know, in the story, the guys drag the fish on, Jesus takes the fish, throw them on the grill and all. But he had this thing all prepared. I wonder where Jesus got that fish from. I mean, that first batch on that grill, you know, I don't know if Jesus went out and caught those or that came down from heaven or whatever, but this was a special breakfast going on, man. So Jesus had prepared that for these guys. He's showing, obviously, his amazing, amazing uh, love for us. Just a beautiful picture, just a beautiful picture. And, um, you know, eating a meal together, as you guys know, at that time uh, was a picture of, of intimacy. You know, it was one of, of friendship. It was one of, of fellowship. And that was Jesus' heart for these guys. He just wanted to hang out with them. And, and uh, you know, and even today, you know, having a meal together for us should always be a special time. And I know in the family function, in the family model, I know, you know, I know the enemy tries to break that up and tries to keep us apart. But a meal should be something, intimacy, a friendship and fellowship. And that's what's going on there. And it's just so beautiful, again, to see the Lord's heart for Peter being that of restoration here. Uh, and again, in the story, we see this over and over again. Jesus actually says in verse 12, come and eat breakfast. You know, and he's doing this before engaging, as we're going to see as we continue on in the conversation with Peter about his sin. And so once again, you know, we are reminded that Jesus is the Lord of the second chance, man. I don't care, you know, what you've done, how bad it might have been, how bad you've blown it. He's always there for us. That's the Lord's heart for his people, man. He is always there for us, and we see that here. So let's go ahead and and, uh, pick up in verse 15 here and read forward. Verse 15, it says this. It says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, 
do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you were old, uh, uh, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would uh, glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. When Peter turned around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on the breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who will betray you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is it to you? You follow me. Then these things went out among the brethren that the disciple which would not die. Then Jesus uh, did not say to him that he would not die. If I will, uh, he said, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? And this is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things that we know that his testimony is true. And these are so many other things that Jesus did, which uh, uh, if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So, Jesus here doesn't ask Peter, you know, you know, hey, are you sorry for Balin, you know, on your call, you know, or, 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 or uh, hey, you know, I want you to make a promise never to do that again. He doesn't do that. He goes on and asks the question to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? The question is actually asked three times, and it's interesting how he doesn't use Peter, Simon, Peter. He uses Simon, son of Jonah, and that means shifting sand. So he's saying, shifting sand, do you love me? I was thinking his heart's kind of all over the board there, I guess. And, and two times using the meaning of, of this type of love and a third time using a different meaning of love. A couple things I'd like to point out here. First, the meaning of the word love here uh, in the context, it's, it's interesting. In, in English, in the English language, we have, we have really one word for the word love. You know, we say, um, you know, I, I, I love my wife. And we use that same word. We say, hey, I love a good hot dog at the ballgame. Or, you know, I, I love to see a good football game. You know, that's the same word love we use in the English language. In the Greek, which the New Testament is translated from, there, there's four different words for the word love, which really helps to bring context to this portion of Scripture. These are the four different types of love that, that are the Greek language mentioned in the word. First one is storge. Storge means an affectionate love. Secondly, eros is a sexual kind of love. Third is phileo, which we see phileo in context here, is a brotherly love. And finally, agape is an unconditional love. In verse 15 and 16, Jesus uses the Greek word here, agape. He says, Simon Peter, do you agape me? Do you agape me? This is, again, the highest kind of love, an unconditional love, a a, a what can I do for you, not expecting anything back kind of love, a a love that's birthed in heaven. That's the kind of love that Jesus is, is, is bringing out in that word agape. Verse 15, Jesus continues on and asks, do you agape me more than these? More than these. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about that more than these. What, what is more than these? What did he mean there? Uh, you know, it, it doesn't really tell us, but, but kind of an interesting thought. Uh, uh, you know, some, some thoughts might, might be this. He might have, when he said this, do you love me more than these? He might have been, you know, looking at, Jesus might have been looking at the disciples. And by looking at disciples, that would be, you know, your friends. Do you love your friends more than me? 
Uh, he could have been looking at the fish that were drawn up out of the sea. You know, to, to these guys, the fish were their jobs. That, that was their provision, the things that they, they, they brought in, you know, in, in, into their life. And thirdly, you know, he, he might have been looking at his boat and the thing, you love me more than, than these, than this. It could be possessions, things that they possessed. And so I asked the question to myself when I read this, you know, do, do I love Jesus more than my friends, my jobs, and my possessions? Nothing wrong with friends, jobs, and possessions, but there's an order that, that needs to be struck there, and the Lord needs to be first and foremost there. So, so Jesus called to Peter, uh, Jesus called to Peter was, if you agape me, feed my lambs. And his response was, yes, Lord, uh, I phileo you, or I love you like a brother. Uh, uh, and then it goes on, this, this issue of feeding my lambs means to really just do that. The word feed there, I look at the word feed, it means to, to give food to, to satisfy, to support and encourage. And, and the question I asked myself when, when I was studying that, are we feeding the little ones? that the Lord has put over us in our lives. I think there's a parallel here for us to be reminded of that. If we're to be those that love Jesus, are we doing that to the little ones among us? Verse 16 goes on, and it says, Jesus asks a second time, Simon Peter, do you agape me? And his reply, yes, Lord, guess what? I phileo you again, I love you as a brother. Tend my sheep. Okay, so tend means to take care of, to, to shepherd, to, to be tender with them, you know, tend to their needs. And that, that would refer to as, as, as the adults, you know. And now Jesus asks a third time, but this time it's interesting. He uses a different word for love. He says, Simon Peter, do you phileo me? Interesting. First two times he used the word agape. Now he changes to the word phileo. So Peter, as we see here, was bummed by this. You know, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure, you know, I, I sure not only be because it was, it was the third time, you know, that, that he did this, he had to be bummed out, but the word love was changed again from agape to phileo. So Jesus says again, if you love me, feed my sheep. It almost seems that Jesus is kind of lowering the bar from the word agape to the word phileo to encourage and to meet Peter kind of where he was at, trying to, trying to you know, pull Peter in, just kind of love on this guy. And so the call again in his life, in Peter's life, was to feed the little ones, the adult ones, and care for them. That, that's Jesus' call that he's putting upon his life here. Again, Jesus in verse 17 uses that word phileo. And at this time in Peter's life, you know, he could not say agape. Why? Because the one who agapes Jesus keeps his commandments. That's what we're told in the word. In John 14, 21, it says this. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who agapes me. And he who agapes me will be loved uh, by agape by my father, and I will agape him and manifest himself to me. So it talks about he who uh, has my commandments will, will keep them. What are his commandments? Well, we see that in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. It says this about the commandments. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall agape the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. You should agape again, your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus here, in his loving way, is telling Peter, the old ways of the flesh are not the answer, man. Don't go back. That's not the answer. You know, uh, uh, you are not loving me by, by, with all your, as we, we read there, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, if, if, you're, if you're loving in that way. You know, you're, Peter, basically, you're on the wrong side of the boat. You're on the wrong side of the boat, man. And say, and, you know, maybe some of you here tonight, you know, have been hanging out on the wrong side of the boat. You're on the wrong side. You know, maybe the craziness of life has, has caught up to you. You know, maybe your fishing pole's in the water, 
But you know, there's not only not any bait on the, on the hook, there's no hook on it at all. You just got the pole hanging over with the string hanging out. You know, so, so what's the answer? What would the answer that the Lord would give us in that case? Well, it tells us here, the answer is to follow Jesus. So it's two times here, follow Jesus. In verse 19, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. Love this word. Um, the word follow me means this. It means to go, to come after, to accept as authority. Love this one. To pursue, to imitate, to watch, to keep in mind. I love that. You know, following Jesus, gang, is the key issue in every Christian's life. Here's a couple of great verses. You guys might, might want to jot these down and look them up later, but some great verses that confirm that. First one is John 8, 12. It says this. It says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So it's promising there is, is that he will light our path in front of us. Matthew 9, 9. It says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting on, at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Even the tax collectors are accepted by Jesus. I mean, this is huge. It's, it's giant. Matthew 4.19 says this. It says, then he said to me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Analogy being, you know, Jesus will bait up that hook for us, man. He really will. John 12.26, if, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And again, just a beautiful promise that we have, an amazing promise. And finally, in Mark 8.34, he says this. He says, When he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, what? pick up his cross, and, and follow me. Leave the flesh behind. You know, I've, I've heard uh, uh, Warren Wiersbe say this, to take off the, the grave clothes and put on the grace clothes, man. You know, that's what we're to do is to move forward. And, and you know, I couldn't help but think about a, a question here. It, 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 it's this. It's, if, if Jesus would ask you the same question today, if he asked Tom, if he asked you, do you agape me, what would your response be? You know, if he asked you the question, uh, you know, Rick, uh, do, do you, or will you follow me? You know, what would your, what would your answer be? You know, at, at our men's retreat a, a couple weeks ago, we were challenged not only to be those that, that, that run the race, but to run the race to win. That's really what we're called to do is run the race to win. You know, and I, I want to run this race of life to win, you know, and, and not just to win, but to win is on to the Lord for his glory and for his, his praise. And, 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 you know, that starts, gang, with us having a desire to follow Jesus. Again, the, the definition being to come after him, to pursue him, to watch him, to keep him in mind. Earlier, Peter denied Jesus three times by the fire. You guys remember that story? But now beside the fire, guess what? He restores him. It's so beautiful here. And you know, maybe you feel like you've been disqualified you know, for some reason uh, in your walk with the Lord. I don't know. Might be something big going on in your life. I just want to remind you that, that, that you know, the Lord is there to restore you and remind you how much he loves you and remind you that he has purpose for each and every one of our lives. You know, if, if you could portray, I thought about this, if you could portray on this, this big screen behind us, you know, what your life looks like in regards to being a follower of Jesus, what do you think that'd look like? 
What do you think that looked like? You know, I, kind of, I kind of pictured a, a picture of a, as, as I talked about running in the race, and it's kind of fresh because that was our men's retreat. I'm thinking about running, you know, the lane of life and you're out there. I'm thinking about the difference of us kind of playing in the fringes on the outside of the track and where the weeds and, and, and the track isn't real, you know, uh, steady and it's rough and, and rocky and things. Uh, you know, being out on the fringes rather than being in the lane, running the life, run, running the race. And I believe the Lord wants us to be in the lane. He doesn't want us out on the fringes, man. He wants us to get in and run and run with passion, run for him. And, you know, when the Lord calls me personally a task, you know, I want to do that with excellence. And I hope you guys have that kind of heart, too. Everything I want to do, I want to do for Jesus. I want to do it with excellence. I don't want to do it halfway. And how about you? You know, when Jesus asks if you love him, do you answer him with the word agape? Or do you answer him with the word phileo? You know, which, which, way, which way do you answer him? That's an interesting question, I think, to ask. You know, when Jesus asks you to follow him, are you doing it in a way that we are encouraged by Paul in, in Colossians 3.17, which I'm going to read in a second. This, this is a verse. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, this is an underliner, man. This, this is a life verse kind of thing. And uh, it goes like this. It says, whatever you do in word and deed, do for the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory. You know, if that's our heart about running, if that's our heart about loving Christ, if that's our heart about following him, you know, this is just going to be huge. In fact, this verse for Janine and I are both, uh, this is a life, a life verse for us. You know, if we are truly Jesus followers, everything we do should be through him and to him and for his glory and praise. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your word because your word is truth. And Lord, as we think about, Lord, that amazing agape love you have for us, Lord, that unconditional love that, that, that you bestow upon us, Lord, what a joy that is, what a gift that is. And Lord, I, I pray tonight, Lord, that we could, we could have that same love for you. We could have that same love for those, Lord, as we navigate through life, as, as, we, as we are in different situations around different people, Lord, both divine appointments and, and, Lord, just the things we do day in, day out, Lord, that we might have that same love for others, Lord, because that's a love I know that you would want us to have. And Father, I pray to God, I, I know the hearts of everyone in this room tonight is to be a follower of you, Jesus, and, and we, want, we want to follow you, and we want to follow you strong. And so, Lord, I ask, Lord, if there's some things we need to deal with in either of those issues, we just lay those at the foot of your cross right now, Lord. We pray that, that Lord, you would take those things, you would, you would just fill us with your spirit, Lord, that you would just do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we could ever imagine, Lord, because our heart is wanting to burn hard. Our heart is wanting to run again, not to just run the race, but to run to win, Jesus. So we ask, Lord, for that type of passion. We know we can't do it in and of ourselves, Lord. We need you. We need your spirit to help us with that. So, Lord, would you just fill us in a special way with that tonight and just thank you for this time of your word. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take some time now and wait on the Lord. And I want you to remember that word follow. I want you to remember that word follow means to come after him, to keep him in mind. And as we, as we kind of transition into this period now, I just pray that that would be your heart, that you'd remember that that means to come after him, to keep him in mind. Joseph's going to play a couple songs, and I encourage you, uh, uh, you know, to just take, take a few minutes here, uh, 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 a little time, and just examine your heart and, and kind of pray in some of the things that we just read out of the Word, some of the things that maybe are resonating in your heart, some of the things that maybe, you know, entered your ears, entered your mind, and they're kind of working down in your heart right now to be worked in and through your life. And so we're going to do that, and um, afterwards, you know, I, I believe that uh, the Lord would have us take some time 
to, to give verbal praise and thanks to him, you know, whether that might be a word, whether that might be a scripture to share. So uh, he's going to do two songs. And after that, if, if God puts a word on your heart of praise, of thanksgiving to him, I can think of so many things to give him thanks and praise for. It's ridiculous. But let's, let's, let's give place for that. And let's give place if there's a special scripture having to do with, with praise or thanksgiving to the Lord that's on your heart, share that. And let's go ahead and just uh, wait on the Lord in that way right now.